0: Nintendo unveiled the ninth generation of Pokemon this weekend, and it looks like all the advances made in the recently released Arceus are here to stay. Good morning, good Monday morning to you, I'm Shane Satterfield from Sifted, and this is Good Morning Gaming for February 28th, 2022. The show is in our patrons' podcast feeds bright and early, every weekday morning, and free on our YouTube channel for everyone else. You can find our flagship show, Game Face, by searching your favorite podcast service. You'll find the podcast versions of the rest of our content in the same feed you found this. So some people may not realize this, if they're not hardcore Pokemaniacs, but the recently released Pokemon Legends Arceus is not actually a mainline Pokemon game, even though I would argue it advances the franchise further than any other Pokemon game before it. The brand new game unveiled this weekend is in fact a mainline entry in the series, and it's called Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Everyone was wondering, what would the next mainline Pokemon be like? Would it go back to its old ways? With turn-based battles that take place on separate screens when you go to capture Pokemon, with Pokemon that regularly hides in the grass and you don't really see them in the overworld? All those things were changed, and I would argue fixed, with Pokemon Legends Arceus. And while we don't have a lot of information based on the trailer that Nintendo has released so far, the good news is, it does appear that the game is going to borrow a lot of the better elements from Arceus. First of all, Nintendo has gone on record stating that it will in fact take place in an open world. In fact, Game Freak is calling it the first true attempt at an open-world game for the franchise, while also mentioning that it will iterate on the technology used when developing Pokemon Legends Arceus. I don't know. (laughs) Arceus seemed like a pretty open-world to me. So as far as the nuts and bolts of Scarlet and Violet are concerned, I think everything's looking good. The trailer showed plenty of open environments, with wild Pokemon running around just like an Arceus. Everything seems good. Game Freak also announced the three-starter Pokemon for Scarlet, and Violet. And this is where I'm starting to have pause. And this is not a new concern of mine. It's something I've been wrestling with for probably the last six installments of the Pokemon franchise. And the problem is, we've just reached the law of diminishing returns with Pokemon in general. And when I say that, I don't mean the franchise, I mean the actual pocket monsters, the critters that you collect and battle inside the game. The three starters in this game include Sprigatito, which is a grass-type cat Pokemon, Fuecoco, which is a fire croc Pokemon, though I would argue it looks like a dinosaur made out of an apple. Then there's Quaxly, which is the duckling Pokemon, which is a water type, and it also looks almost identical to Donald Duck. I have no affinity for any of these Pokemon. None of them are especially compelling to me. How many more cat pokemon do we need do we need another duck after psyduck is psyduck going to be happy about this what's happening with this franchise is that there are just too many pokemon do you remember what the catchphrase used to be in pokemon and they still use it even though it makes no sense and lacks context now gotta catch them all when was the last time that you played a pokemon game and thought to yourself hey I'm going to catch every Pokemon in this game. The last time for me was the game after Red and Blue. Once they got over the 150, my interest in new Pokemon was just a law of diminishing returns with each new release. Some of these starter Pokemon, even after playing with them as my main for 60, 70 hours in these recent games, I still don't care about them. They're weird. They look like... Poetry magnets. You know those things that you buy that are just these magnets with words and then you put them on your refrigerator and you scramble the words up and make weird poetry with them? That's how I feel that they're creating Pokemon at this point. At current, there are 900 different Pokemon. When you count them all together from all the different Pokemon games. It's almost absurd to expect game freak to include every pokemon in a pokemon game and it's even more absurd for the franchise to continue to use the phrase gotta catch them all no one's catching them all anymore and i would argue this to me was one of the most important parts of pokemon when the series launched it was all about getting the two different carts Your cart had some Pokemon. The other cart had other Pokemon. And then you would trade with each other to try to fill up your Pokedex. And then some of the Pokemon, you'd have to do special things to get. It was exciting. It was the entire draw of the franchise. Otherwise, it's just a very simple turn-based RPG. I feel like the series has completely lost what drew people to it in the first place. Now it's just become this smorgasbord of Frankenstein Pokemon that, honestly, maybe there's one or two new Pokemon per game that actually resonate with me. There are 900 at this point. And I'll say this. Nintendo and Game Freak have done a great job of providing red herrings so that we don't realize that the whole thrust of the franchise has completely disappeared. They add just enough new features, just enough tweaks and changes so that it distracts you from the real changes in the franchise, which are that you will never be able to collect them all again. Sifted moderator Vero agrees with me. He said that he believes there are just too many Pokemon and that the draw to catch them all is almost completely gone because most games don't have anywhere near the full Pokédex. He's right. Game Freak limits the number of Pokemon featured in each game. So it says, to focus on improving the models and features of the species available in each game. That's just a crock. (laughs) Game Freak is creating new Pokemon so that it can then license those Pokemon and sell plushies and Pokemon cards and all the other crap that comes along with the IP. I can't remember the last time Nintendo or Game Freak really focused on the collecting and trading element of Pokemon. And sadly, when you lose the focus of a franchise, the entire crux of a franchise, all that's left is just playing the game. And I've got to tell you, this new Pokemon game looks terrible, Arceus had its issues. It still was okay to look at. This new one. Oh my gosh. The characters are so low poly. The environments are so blurry. The graphics are so jittery. The worlds that they show, which appears to be inspired by Spain, perhaps, just looks drab. It's one of those games where the closer you get to things, the worse it looks. So it's not a looker. Its graphics aren't going to draw you in. The main thrust of the entire IP is now gone. And so now all that's left is to compare these games to other open-world RPGs. And in that respect, Game Freak has a lot of work to do. Now for a couple more stories from the top of your sis. This weekend, the gaming industry put some of its weight behind Ukraine as it tried to repel Russian invaders from its home soil. CD Projekt Red donated to humanitarian aid to help Ukraine's refugees, while EA removed a Russian helicopter skin from Battlefield 2042. While Ubisoft supported its employees in Ukraine with advanced paychecks and safe places to stay. It's the world against Vladimir Putin, and we're here to stand for Ukraine. Elden Ring's opening weekend has been an interesting one. First of all, it's off to a great start financially. It is selling through the roof. According to UK box chart sales numbers, it's the fastest selling Souls game ever. I am not surprised. It is also by far the highest reviewed Souls game ever, and really one of the highest reviewed games ever, period. Doesn't matter whether it's the Souls game or anything else. So it appears that the extremely high review scores that the game has received have convinced some people to give it a try, and online chatter has been mixed. Former Souls fans are basically in heaven. They're calling it their game of the forever. I don't think anyone's surprised at that. Totally expected. And truth be told, i played a ton of it at this point. I can see why they would say it's their game of forever. Totally get that. However, some high-profile casual players who took the plunge have expressed their frustrations and regret. Los Angeles Clippers player Paul George sent out a tweet to his millions of basketball fan followers, who are arguably more casual players, asking what they thought of the game, and the replies were not pretty. One of his followers stated that if you could kill the guy on the horse, you could cure cancer. (laughs) Another said that it's like the game is 10 plus years old. A third said that they got their game refunded within two hours that they already had a job and didn't need another. Yet another said that the game felt unresponsive in combat. The complaints run the gamut. But of course, it wasn't all negativity. You could see some hardcore fans of the game jumping in there and offering their assistance in some cases to players who were having a tough go. Unfortunately, most of those players then replied to them, Sorry, I've already given up. <laughs> and then there were others who were replying who were obviously hardcore From Software fans because they were explaining how it was different from the prior five games that From Software made and they knew everything about all of them. There was definitely an Elden Ring Defense Force out in full force on social media over the weekend. A lot of them were expressing displeasure that a franchise that they love so much was finally being experienced by a wider audience, and that the vast majority of the wider audience was not enjoying their time with the game. This all ties into a topic I discussed on Good Morning Gaming last week, when I wondered if critics were reviewing the game for the majority of their audience or for the fans of From Software's prior games. It would appear that these high review scores, mostly written by From Software fans, mind you, have convinced some players to jump in and buy the game, and now they regret it. So, the eternal question goes on. Should you have people who represent the vast majority of the audience reviewing these games, or should you have dyed-in-the-wool fans reviewing the games? I don't think this answers that, but this anecdotal evidence does provide something to at least consider. Elden Ring has also suffered network issues on Xbox platforms throughout the weekend, The PC version has had issues with a number of different elements, but Bandai Namco has said that a fix is coming soon that should handle all the complaints. Valve announced this weekend that it has no plans to create a subscription service for its new Steam Deck handheld. It also claimed that it's open to bringing Microsoft's Game Pass service to Steam. That's a shocker to me. I kind of figured Valve might be working on its own version of Game Pass at this point, but I would argue with this news that it probably isn't. And how do the finances work there? Valve's not just going to invite Microsoft onto its platform to make money from its audience. It's going to want to cut. And it will be interesting to see if that cut is too big for Microsoft to rationalize the work that it will take To get game pass up and running on steam however it's hard to pass up exposing your service to that kind of an audience not just the numbers on steam but the fact that the players there are extremely dedicated and hardcore the exact person that you want to get hooked on game pass steam also announced this weekend that anyone with pre-orders for steam deck that are listed as q1 2022 will receive their units before the end of March. In a sign that the world may very well be coming to an end, a Pokemon card from 1998 sold for $900,000 this weekend. The holographic Illustrator Pikachu card was in mint condition, and the $900K is a record for a single Pokemon card. A similar card went for just $375K back in February. There are only 40 of the cards known to exist. Check those attics. PlayStation hardware guru Mark Cerny just patented a new technology that will allow PlayStation 5 to display ray tracing with a minimal hit to hardware performance. The new tech uses shader processors to shorten rays and increase overall performance when ray tracing is turned on. For the layman, it will make PlayStation 5 games way prettier with a minimal hit to the frame rate. If you order Gran Turismo 7 from Amazon, keep an eye on your mailbox. The popular online retailer has accidentally shipped some batches of the game a week early. However, some players who received the game early have reported that they reached a certain point and were unable to make any more progress. Nearly the entire game requires an active internet connection to play, so this comes as no surprise. The game officially releases for PS4 and PS5 on March 4th. Let's take a break, when we come back we'll tackle today's boss fight. Welcome to today's boss fight, where I tackle random topics that may, or may not be, related to video games. Remember when PlayStation purchased Evo? I do. I said at the time that it was a terrible idea. I said that there would be conflicts of interest, and that either PlayStation may feel uncomfortable, including certain games at Evo that have appeared at the eSports tournament in the past, or that the properties themselves would feel uncomfortable being a part of a tournament that is owned by PlayStation. A platform holder owning the biggest esports tournament in the world, at least for the fighting game genre, is always going to present problems. And so this weekend, the first problem arose, and PlayStation announced that there would be no Smash Brothers at Evo. Now... To be fair, PlayStation also shared that it was not its decision, that it wanted Smash Bros. in Evo. Obviously, it does. Probably the most watched game at Evo every year, other than maybe Street Fighter. So to not have that at the tournament means the tournament is not going to be as successful as it could have been. PlayStation is incentivized to have Smash Bros. at the tournament, Nintendo is not, so Nintendo politely declined to have Smash Brothers at Evo, and I totally get it. Put yourself in Nintendo's shoes. There's this big tournament, and Evo is as big as it gets when it comes to fighting games. You want to be there, but what really do you get out of that? You get some positive will, because Nintendo Esports and Smash Bros. Esports have been... What's the word to even use? Underwhelming in the past? Finally, it appeared that Nintendo was starting to get it together and starting to understand that it needs to work together with the esports community. And so it did. And we started seeing Smash at a lot of the bigger tournaments and, importantly, at Evo. But if you think about it, other than the goodwill, what good comes out of having your game at a fighting tournament? The people who watch fighting tournaments, they already own Smash Brothers. You're not, you're not going to sell games to people at esports tournaments. And the truth is, most of the games that are at esports tournaments are old. They kind of have to be older, otherwise the players would not be good at them. Now, that's not 100% true. There are some games that launch and then immediately they're at fighting tournaments, but generally... The games that people really watch at these things are games that have been around forever. Street Fighter, always one of the top one or two games at every eSports tournament, always. So you're not gonna sell more copies of the game. Will you sell more copies of the sequel to that game? Maybe. But look at how long Nintendo has been milking the last Smash Brothers. It's not interested in releasing a new Smash Brothers every two or three years like it used to. So the benefit to Nintendo attending Any eSports tournament is minimal. Now, again, put yourself in Nintendo's shoes. You're going to an eSports tournament, and you're walking up to the building, and the entire building is slathered in PlayStation branding. PlayStation Evo 2022. And there's all PlayStation's characters hanging out around the logo, the branding on the streams, PlayStation, PlayStation everywhere, the PlayStation logo, all PlayStation's characters. And then there's a Nintendo game being played behind that frame with all those PlayStation logos. There's Smash Brothers. There's Mario. There's Nintendo's biggest roster of characters all playing behind a PlayStation banner. There was no way Nintendo was going to be cool with this. I can't think of a single advantage of Nintendo going to Evo now that it's owned by PlayStation. There is no upside to it. Sure, some fans may get a little salty, but they were salty at Nintendo eSports for years. And did it impact Nintendo's overall financial position? No! eSports already are so niche. I I know it was supposed to be the hot new thing. And look, people go to tournaments and have a good time. I totally get it. I love the social angle of eSports where players actually meet each other in person instead of over the internet. A couple times a year that's great and to me that's the best part of evo is just being around everyone and meeting new people but let's not pretend that it has any impact on the finances of these publishers it just doesn't having street fighter at evo means that when street fighter 6 comes out most of the people watching evo are going to buy it they now know it's coming Maybe they go and pre order the game. None of it really matters. Street Fighter's gonna sell no matter what. Ironically, the best selling fighting franchises aren't big esports games. Look at Mortal Kombat. It's not an esports stalwart, it's the best selling fighting game in the world. The root of the problem here is that PlayStation bought EVO. And I know some people say PlayStation saved EVO. That's malarkey. Evo was not going away. Someone was going to step in and save Evo because it would be a smart acquisition. Evo, again, is the most attended, best fighting game tournament in the world. As long as you're not an idiot, you can find out a way to make money from something like that. So someone would have stepped in and saved Evo. So don't say that without PlayStation, there wouldn't be an Evo at all. I don't believe that at all somebody would have stepped in and saved the tournament. PlayStation was just the first to jump in and quote-unquote try to save the tournament. But, ultimately, the entire strategy may backfire. Because now the tournament has lost one of its most popular games. And you can rewind the tape, go back and listen to Game Face when this was announced, and I said this was going to happen back then. I said it was a conflict of interest. That could eventually present problems and i did not see nintendo playing nice with an evo owned by playstation and some may say oh this is nintendo being its isolation itself not wanting to play in someone else's backyard and that you know there's some truth to that nintendo had been a little bit reluctant to get things like cross-platform saving and cross-platform play working but let's be honest PlayStation dragged its feet more than any of the big three. It was the last one to agree to this because it felt it was the industry leader. Nintendo gave in and allowed players on its platforms to play with people on other platforms and allowed saves on its platform to transfer over to other platforms. PlayStation dragged its feet doing this. So it's not Nintendo refusing to play nice with its brothers. This is Nintendo making a smart business decision that will have minimal impact on its bottom line. Thanks for listening to Good Morning Gaming. I appreciate every single one of you who listens to GMG, and a big welcome to our YouTube audience who are now getting the show day and date. I'm Shane Satterfield, and you can do what the cool kids do, and follow me on Twitter at Dinfire. And while you're there, follow Sifted at Sifted Games. If you like what we're doing, head to patreon.com sifted and drop us a pledge. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow. But until then, make sure you seize today because there will never be another.